0: Welcome to the LA Public Health Podcast for Monday, February 1st, 2020. I'm Steve Baldwin. And today's show includes comments from LA County Board of Supervisors Chair Hilda Solis, followed by an update on COVID 19 led by Dr. Barbara Ferrer, Director of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. To keep up with the latest updates and guidelines for slowing the spread of COVID 19, you can follow us across all social media at LA Public Health or visit our website publichealth.lacounty.gov. And now, here's Supervisor Solis.
1: Thank you and good afternoon to everyone, and I want to thank everyone for joining us today at this press briefing. I'm Hilda L. Solis, Chair of the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors, representing the 1st District. Last week, we entered the next stage of our recovery, and I know that Dr. Barbara Ferrer will go into greater detail regarding our new safeguards. We have seen the last seven-day daily average of cases by episode date on January 27th from 7,800 to 5,053 cases on January 20th. And we are seeing decreases in hospitalizations also. These promising decreases are solely attributed to your hard work. For almost two months, you limited your actions. You turned down invitations. You stayed at home as much as possible. With our new health officer order now in place, there's an opportunity to return to some limited activities that you missed. But that doesn't mean that we can't continue to sacrifice. For example, only go to restaurants with those in your household. Wear a mask when a server comes to your table. And please do not gather for Super Bowl this Sunday with people outside of your immediate household. Avoid super spreader Super Bowl parties. It's simply not safe to gather in other people's homes, particularly for long periods of time and unmasked while eating and drinking beverages. Now is the time to wear two masks in some situations as opposed to none. Now is the time to double down on our efforts and not push them aside. Fortunately, there are many things each of us can do to make sure we keep going in the right direction. Although our hospitalizations remain higher than they were before the surge, we're seeing numbers decrease significantly. That is why I wanna encourage our residents to not delay medical care. Please do not avoid going to the hospital or seeing your medical provider if you need medical attention. Healthcare workers are prepared to care for you. With some residents returning to work with our loosening restrictions, I also wanna provide an update on our supplemental paid leave. In April of last year, the County of Los Angeles enacted an urgency ordinance, extending the paid sick leave benefit to employees at businesses that employ 500 or more employees nationally in the county's jurisdiction, which are not covered by the Families First Act. This urgency ordinance provided 80 hours of supplemental paid sick leave for full-time workers and up to two weeks pay for part-time employees of COVID-19 related health protocols. However, the Families First Act supplemental paid sick leave benefits for employees and employers with fewer than 500 employees expired on December 31st of last year. In light of that, I introduced a motion to extend the paid sick leave benefits to all employees in unincorporated areas of the county. This extension is retroactive to January 1st, 2021, and extend supplemental paid sick leave until two calendar weeks after the expiration of the COVID-19 local emergency as declared by the LA County Board of Supervisors. This extended and enhanced ordinance will ensure that those who are affected by COVID-19 are not forced to go to work and have enough time to recuperate and quarantine as necessary. We must do our part to protect those working and living in our unincorporated communities by extending this benefit to all employees in the county's jurisdiction. And lastly, I know that Dr. Ferrer will give an update on our vaccine rollout, but I also wanna commend the county team along with all our volunteers for helping with the vaccine rollout. Although our doses are limited, we have immunized so many amongst the most vulnerable in our communities. In fact, Los Angeles County has been able to vaccinate a higher percentage of our population than Cook County and Harris County, which are the second and third most populous counties in America, right after Los Angeles County. As of January 25th, 7.9% of people in LA County have received their first dose of the vaccine. We're also administered a higher percentage of our vaccine supplies, 79.8% than most counties and large cities. Additionally, Los Angeles County, Vaccines have been delivered to all 340 skilled nursing facilities, and to date, 75% of all eligible people at these skilled nursing facilities have received their 1st dose. 2nd doses have begun to be administered at most sites, and we expect that to be completed in the next 2 or 3 weeks. Those are remarkable figures, and I want to commend our staff for focusing on our most vulnerable especially those in skilled nursing facilities since the beginning of this pandemic. I also wanna thank our residents for their continued commitment to ending the pandemic once and for all. And with that, I'm very proud to introduce Dr. Barbara Ferrer.
2: Continue to work together as a county to protect the lives of all of those who live and work here. We also thank you for your many actions to help increase the number of COVID-19 vaccines that are delivered to LA County. Having more vaccines will help us end this pandemic. I'll now offer some updates. Uh, Please bring up the first slide. We are at a critical moment in the pandemic. The revised health officer order issued on Friday is a detailed blueprint for everyone to follow to ensure we see a continued downward trend in the number of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. We remain in the most restrictive state tier, purple, because of the number of new daily cases we have remains very high, and transmission of COVID-19 is widespread throughout our county. But some restrictions have been lifted, although it is not time to relax. It is, as Supervisor Solis noted, time to remain super vigilant against this deadly virus and continue to stay home as much as possible. It's only by the actions that each business and each individual in LA County takes that we're gonna see this continued reduction in transmission. In order to move forward in our recovery, everyone needs to play by the rules that are in place to keep all of us as safe as possible. At restaurants, outdoor dining is now permitted, but only if restaurants follow all of the safety protocols. This means reduced outdoor dining capacity Tables with no more than six seats and spaced at least eight feet apart. Hosts, waitstaff, bussers, and runners, and any other employees who might come in contact with customers must wear both a mask and a face shield. Only members of the same family can sit at the table together, and TVs and other screens used for broadcasting content cannot be in use. These restrictions are in place because daily cases remain very high. And the risk for infection remains uh, very high as well, especially for people who are taking off their masks when they're eating and drinking. The revised health officer order also spells out restrictions that are important for other businesses to follow as well. Non essential retail must continue to limit capacity to 25%. Nail salons are also permitted to operate at no more than 25% of indoor capacity, along with hair salons. Uh, and barber shops. Outdoor gyms and museums must restrict outdoor capacity to no more than 50 percent. Grocery stores must limit capacity as well to 50 percent. The revised health officer order gives businesses detailed information on how to comply with the requirements that allow them to operate with as much safety as possible. I do want to encourage all residents and anyone who visits a restaurant or a retail outlet or works on site at a job in the county to do their part. Because COVID-19 virus remains widespread uh, and thousands of people continue to be infected each day, we ask that you still stay home as much as possible. Uh, If you can telecommute, please do so. If you're working for an essential business and you're required to go to work, we do want all employers and managers to ensure that their employees are fully protected. We have a tip line that you can call to report any violations of the safety requirements that are outlined in the health officer order. The number is 888 700 9995. You can also file a complaint online at our website by going to publichealth.lacounty.gov and you can click on the COVID 19 section. All complaints, whether by phone or by email, can be made anonymously. It's important to be an educated consumer and to only frequent businesses that are adhering to the rules. Many of you have been super diligent and I wanna applaud you for your actions, your commitment and your patience. You've been doing the right thing, staying home as much as possible, always wearing a face covering when you leave your home, staying at least six feet apart from others and washing your hands many times during the day. Your actions are very helpful and we need everyone to follow your lead. You're protecting your neighbor, your family, and your coworkers, and they can protect you. Be an educated consumer and let your actions speak volumes. If a restaurant, retail store, or grocery store doesn't appear to be following the rules, please don't go there. Give us a call and let us know. We'll have our inspectors out in the field, and we greatly appreciate it when someone alerts us to possible violations. Tents are not permitted or any other shelter structures that are used uh, by restaurants, and they all must have a minimum of two non-contiguous sites that are completely open. You don't want to eat in a restaurant that doesn't follow all these rules because you increase your risk and the risk of the workers that are working there for contracting COVID-19. Public health does need to take action and issue citations when there are violations. Unfortunately, not adhering to this new health officer order can likely end up causing another increase in cases that we really can't tolerate. Any additional surge in cases would require us to take a step backward in our recovery journey, and that is something that none of us wants. We're still living through the nightmare of a surge. Last week, on average, 217 people died each day from COVID-19. And for two days last week, we reported that more than 300 people died each day. This is the very real cost of following, uh, of not following the public health rules. Uh, We do know that the surge was driven in part by gatherings with those not in your household. This is why we're asking that during this time of continued high rates of community transmission and the appearance of more infectious variants, please stay home on Super Bowl Sunday. This year, no one should create any additional risk that will come with hosting or attending a party with people outside your immediate household. This Sunday, play it safe and enjoy the game at home with those who live in your household. For the moment, we are headed in a positive direction, bringing down our cases. And the last thing we need right now are any super spreader events that set us back and potentially can lead to more cases more serious illness, and more tragic deaths. A party can infect too many people who then carry the virus to others, at their workplaces, and in their homes. And in just two to three weeks, we'll see our case numbers go back up. If cases go back up, we'll have no choice but to modify our health officer order again in order to protect residents. So let's do the right thing and avoid increasing community transmission. Let us keep reminding each other of how important it is to follow the rules together so that we protect each other, our friends and our essential workers. I know that by working together, we reduce cases, hospitalizations and deaths because we just did that. Now, let me update you on our current status and I'll take the next slide. Uh, We're sad to report today, 85 additional people passed away, which tragically brings the total number of deaths to 16,854 in LA County. 36 of the people who passed away were over the age of 80 and 30 people in this age group had underlying health conditions. 24 of the people who passed away were between the ages of 65 to 79 and 20 had underlying health conditions. 21 people who died were between the ages of 50 and 64 and 13 had underlying health conditions. Four people who passed away were between the ages of 30 and 49, and two had underlying health conditions. Our thoughts and prayers remain with everyone who's mourning the loss of a loved one or a friend. You have our condolences, and we wish you strength and compassion during these difficult days. We're reporting 4,223 new cases today, bringing the total number of cases in L.A. County to 1,120,895. These cases include 48,096 total cases reported by our partners in the City of Long Beach and 10,212 total cases reported by the City of Pasadena. There are 5,398 people currently hospitalized with COVID-19. 27% of the people who are hospitalized are in the ICU and 24% are on ventilators. We've investigated a total of 4,000 4,723 residential congregate settings and non-residential settings with at least one confirmed case of COVID-19. We currently have 1,478 ongoing outbreak investigations, and we've closed 3,245 investigations. The total confirmed cases in institutional settings is now 88,353, including both staff and residents. 36,473 of the confirmed cases are among residents, and 51,880 confirmed cases are among staff. To date, over 5.5 million people have been tested and had test results reported in LA County, and our cumulative positivity rate uh, is now 19%. I'll take the next slide. Uh, As you can see, we continue to make progress reducing the average number of daily new cases I'll take the next slide. Thank you. Uh, uh, Reducing the number of daily new cases of COVID-19, although you can see our case numbers are still very high. The seven-day average number of daily cases peaked on January 8th with more than 15,000 average cases. As of January 27th, that average has dropped to about 5,093 daily cases. This is a 67% decrease since the peak about three weeks ago. We're glad to get back to slowing the surge, but as you can see, we have a long way to go. Last September, there were less than 1,000 new positive infections a day, which is a number that gives the county a much better chance at limiting outbreaks and keeping overall transmission low. I'll take the next slide. When it comes to the number of people with COVID-19 who are so sick that they require hospitalization, we reached a peak of about 8,046 average daily hospitalizations on January 7th. As of January 29th, there are 5,617 average daily hospitalizations, and this is a 30% decline. While we're headed in the right direction, we still, again, have a ways to go before our hospitals are not overcrowded and healthcare workers are not stressed. At the beginning of November, there were less than 900 patients a day hospitalized with COVID-19, allowing hospitals to offer their full range of services. With everyone's help, we hope to get back to these pre-surge numbers. Next slide. This slide also shows the start of an encouraging trend and reflects the valiant effort made by our frontline healthcare workers to save lives and the steady decline in cases and hospitalizations. The average number of daily deaths from COVID-19 peaked in early January, and it's dropped by about 33% since then. However, this is is really only a very small decline when you compare it to the 1400% increase in deaths as the surge overtook LA County in December and January. Back in early November, the average number of people dying from COVID-19 on a given day was 13. This is a tragedy that we get to turn around so we don't continue to lose so many members of our community. Every action we take to protect ourselves and others ends up saving lives. Every action we take that puts others or ourselves at risk ends up contributing to more illness and heartache. Next slide. This chart shows the combined trend lines for cases, hospitalizations, and deaths through January 24th. And cases in the green line are declining at a very promising rate. hospitals and deaths will not drop yet at the similar pace because they lag behind the drop in cases. We need these trends to continue. Because daily case numbers still remain high, uh, we've kept in place many safety modifications and health protocols in the new health officer order. Please follow them. The next slide I'll take. Um, Great. Uh, This chart shows cases by age group. I know you ask a lot of questions about what's happening with a different age group. And as you can see, the surge in new cases that began in early November was clearly driven by younger people. Those are the top lines. But now we're seeing some encouraging data that suggests that these age groups, who have the best abilities and tools in front of them to prevent infections, are following recommendations to take care, wear face coverings, avoid gatherings, and and in fact, uh, use good infection control measures. Since reaching a peak of 4,937 cases a day on average on January 8th, new infections among people ages uh, 30 to 49, that's the white line, uh, have declined to 1,595 cases as of January 27. It's a decrease of 67%. The other groups with high number of positive cases are people between the ages of 18 and 29, that's our orange line, and between the ages of 50 and 65. While the drop in new cases for persons between the ages of 39 and 49, as well as people aged 50 to 64, are on par with the overall drop in new cases. The rate of decline is not as promising uh, for people who are between the ages of 18 and 29. I should note that these three age groups, uh, really folks between the ages of 18 and 49, uh, um, are very important uh, for us to be able to keep our daily new cases under control. They represent uh, about 60 percent of our total population. Uh, and I'm including, actually, people 65 and under. Uh, for the other age groups, uh, the decrease in daily new cases is between, has been between 54 and 66 percent. I'll take the next slide. Uh, this graph shows the rate of hospitalizations by age group over time. Our oldest residents, represented by the yellow line and the green line, have had the highest rate of hospitalizations throughout the pandemic. Fortunately, we're seeing decreases in hospitalization rates in these age groups and also in younger age groups. But the rates do continue to be high when you compare them to those we experienced earlier in the pandemic. People 65 and older account for about 40 percent of the hospitalizations. Rates of decrease among younger age groups have not been as pronounced, and you can see that on the slide, with all of the lines of purple, brown… well, really purple and red and white. Um, uh, and they account for less than 1% of uh, hospitalizations for children at age 18 and younger. And for young adults 18 to 29, they're accounting for about 3% of hospitalizations. I do want to turn to some new data on the next slide uh, that we have re- as a result of a chart review of COVID-19 patients that was recently completed. We took a sample of patients uh, for over 500 patients who were hospitalized for COVID-19 from August through December to better understand underlying health conditions and risk factors of those who became seriously ill. Of the sample, 43% of the people hospitalized were ages 65 and older, and 86% had at least one underlying health condition. 66% of hospitalized patients were overweight or obese, 41% had type 2 diabetes, and almost two thirds had cardiovascular disease. The medium length of stay at the hospital over that period, which was prior to our surge uh, in part, was about six days. Uh, That has in fact uh, become uh, more pronounced uh, over the surge, and particularly in December and January. Uh, These numbers are a stark reminder of the risk of serious illness amongst older adults and people with underlying health conditions should they become infected with COVID-19. Many, many people in LA County fall into one or more of these risk groups, and we all must do our very best so that we're protecting them and all of our friends and neighbors from this virus. If you're an older person or a person with underlying health conditions, it's really important that you continue to stay home as much as possible to avoid the risk of becoming infected. Next slide. I do wanna provide a quick snapshot of vaccine administration in LA County The top part of this table provides the latest numbers for allocation and administration of doses based on our inventory survey. As of January 25th, the cumulative doses received in LA County were nearly 1 million. And by the end of that week, nearly 800,000 doses had been administered. This means nearly 80% of all of the doses we had on hand were in people's arms within a few days of those doses arriving in the county. According to the latest publicly available information, and I know Supervisor Solis shared some of this, LA County has administered more doses of vaccine to date than any other large county or large city in the United States, and we have the highest percent administration rate. The second table on this slide shows the cumulative doses that have been shipped to LA County. You can see in the third column, our weekly shipments have gone up and down. Last, uh, the prior week, uh, last week, we received just 146,000 doses, and a large percentage of these doses needed to be reserved for second doses. The pace of vaccinations remains very slow because of the limited supply. In terms of appointments for second doses of the vaccine at all county run uh, points of dispensing, over 85,000 appointments have been reserved for second dose vaccine administration through February 19th. Residents who received their first dose at one of the county operated sites have either already received an email or will get one shortly confirming the place and date of their second dose dose appointment. The email allows them to register to confirm the time of the appointment. Nobody else can use these links. I should also remind everyone that the state announced last week that it's transitioning to a more centralized vaccine distribution system over the next three to six weeks. The state system will be managed by a third-party administrator, Blue Shield of California, and the state plans for a direct distribution to a statewide network of vaccine providers. L.A. County Public Health will be one of those providers, and we're working closely with the state to ensure that there's an equitable distribution of vaccine in L.A. County. This map on the next slide uh, shows the locations of vaccination sites throughout the county with scheduled appointments for this week. Until the new state system is in place, we'll continue to coordinate with this very extensive and capable network of pharmacies, hospitals, federally qualified health centers, and other health clinics, as well as our six large capacity sites, one managed by the City of LA and five by the county. In total, we have 299 sites that are offering vaccinations this week. We have made improvements to our registration system to ensure that everyone gets a second dose. As I noted earlier, people who were vaccinated at one of our five large capacity sites or one of the smaller county-operated community sites are receiving emails. The City of LA sites are also notifying all individuals who have received their first dose about their second dose appointments. Pharmacies and health clinics are doing the same. All vaccination sites receive enough second doses each week to schedule appointments for individuals who receive their first dose at their site. I do apologize for the many hardships that people have been experiencing trying to secure appointments. We do continue to add more call takers at the call center to assist those who lack computer access Or the ability to schedule an online appointment. The biggest challenge remains not having enough vaccine for all of those eligible to be vaccinated. We are hopeful that by March there's increased production and supply across the county, the state, and LA. Thank you. And now I'll turn it over to Dr. Galley for her comments.
3: Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Today I'll provide a brief update on the current hospital numbers and also on community testing, and then I'll shift to give a little bit more insight into how the Department of Health Services has been supporting persons experiencing homelessness throughout the pandemic. So first on the hospital numbers. The number of patients, as Dr. has just shared, in the hospital with COVID, although still high, is continuing to gradually decline at about a third lower than what it was at the peak in early January. Across all 911 receiving hospitals in Los Angeles County, hospitals reported this morning that they have 816 available beds, and that includes 87 available ICU beds. And if you'll recall, this includes all of the relevant bed types, including adult specialty beds and pediatrics beds that can be used to support a care for patient with COVID-19 if needed. And it's what's being reported by the hospitals every morning as what is currently staffed and able to accept a patient among the four DHS hospitals. As of this morning, we had 327 COVID positive patients hospitalized 107 of whom are in the intensive care unit currently in DHS. About 35 percent of our eligible beds are filled with COVID-19 patients, and 70 percent of our eligible ICU beds are filled with COVID-19 patients. And this has declined, if you'll recall, a couple of weeks ago, the numbers both within the Department of Health Services as well as across the county as a whole, over 50 percent of all available beds were filled with someone with COVID, and in the ICU that number exceeded 80 percent. We continue to work to vaccinate the DHS healthcare workforce, and as of today, we've provided nearly 18,000 DHS healthcare workers with their first shot of the COVID-19 vaccine, and nearly 14,000 of the DHS workforce has already received their second shot. As for our patients, the vast majority of whom are low income persons of color who are at high risk, both of exposure to COVID-19, as well as of serious consequences and a serious course of illness if they are exposed, over 5,000 have received their first dose of a vaccine and an additional 6,000 are scheduled to receive their first dose this week. We are making progress, as Supervisor Solis noted, and this progress is the direct result of your actions and the public's willingness to follow public health orders and to do what it takes to reduce transmission across Los Angeles County, and I'm very grateful for that. Please continue to do everything you can to minimize community spread and keep our hospital resources available for those who need that level of care. With that in mind, we continue to have ample opportunity and availability of testing appointments across Los Angeles County in the community testing sites. If you or someone you know is experiencing symptoms that might be consistent with COVID-19, or you have a known exposure or suspected exposure to someone who might have COVID, then please know you can still receive a test through the established healthcare system with your provider or through your plan. Or if you're not able to receive a test there, you can receive a free test through any of the LA County community testing sites, or you can also request an at-home self-collection testing kit. To support easy access to the testing resources, we are extending the home test collection kit through at least February 15th. At-home testing can reduce the barriers for those who don't have the time or the resources to be able to easily get to a COVID-19 testing site. And it also allows people to be able to better adhere to quarantine guidelines if they can take a test and stay at home and have someone else potentially drop it off. To make an appointment or to request a kit to be mailed to your household, please visit the county testing website. That's https uh, colon slash slash covid19.lacounty.gov slash testing. Kids are also available if you've been notified that you were a close contact of someone who tested positive at one of the city or the county testing sites and they use the digital contact tracing application that was available uh, when they received their notification of a positive test. Shifting now to a brief update on the work that's done by Housing for Health uh, in outreach to persons experiencing homelessness or PEH in the county. As a refresh, uh, DHS's program Housing for Health was established in 2012 to provide a continuum of services to people experiencing homelessness who have complex health and or behavioral health conditions. Our goal within Housing for Health is to improve the care and the well-being of the medically vulnerable experiencing homelessness. And one way our dedicated Housing for Health teams do that is providing housing services and housing support services. In April of last year, DHS implemented a COVID-19 testing program for persons experiencing homelessness. This testing program focused on two things, routine testing in sheltered and unsheltered settings uh, for diagnostic testing, and then also for surveillance testing. Diagnostic testing, just as a reminder, is testing among people who have symptoms of COVID to try to determine if those symptoms are due to COVID itself or to some other flu-like condition. And then there's surveillance testing, which is weekly testing of a sample of clients or staff that work in a particular location to detect asymptomatic infections as one way of helping to prevent and identify early outbreaks. We also collaborate with the Department of Public Health as they oversee the COVID-19 outbreak management, which includes all testing associated with outbreaks. To do this testing within the Housing for Health unit, we established over 30 COVID response teams, or CRTs, that work in both sheltered and unsheltered settings. The CRTs are staffed by a combination of providers, nurses, EMTs, program managers, and other staff. CRTs do a variety of things every day out in the community and on the streets. They're conducting site assessments, performing COVID-19 testing, providing training and technical assistance for housing staff and street outreach teams. This approach, the use of these COVID response teams to address the needs of those experiencing homelessness has proven very successful throughout the course of the pandemic. As of July 25th, Housing for Health Health has provided over 100,000 tests to persons experiencing homelessness seen in over 2000 encampments and high density settings. To date during the pandemic testing among persons experiencing homelessness is running at a percent positivity rate of about 2.5% and that's true across both sheltered and unsheltered settings. The test positivity rate did rise during the surge just as it did during the general pop in the general population, but it has been consistently lower than that found in the general population. Among the homeless, the test positivity rate peaked at about 7.5% among the unsheltered and just over 6% among the sheltered population in early January. During the most recent week, the percent positivity rate among persons experiencing homelessness was 3% for sheltered clients and 4.6% for unsheltered clients. In addition to maintaining testing access, I'm pleased to also share that starting today, the Housing for Health teams will begin vaccinating those who are experiencing homelessness, starting with those over age 65 in the encampments and shelters. This is in addition to vaccinating healthcare staff who are working in shelters or quarantine and isolation sites if they haven't already had a chance to receive a vaccine at one of the public vaccination clinics or sites or through their own personal provider. As is true in other settings, the volume of vaccination that will be able to be delivered will depend on the supply, and we all know that that's challenging. This week, the anticipated volume of vaccinations provided among this community is about 400. This is, of course, just the beginning, and it's reflective of all of the work that's being done across the county and non-county partners from a variety of organizations and individuals who serve persons experiencing homelessness, including many people within the Department of Health, Lhasa, as well as many uh, federally qualified health centers. And this is just one part of the county's overall strategy to ensure equity and help to minimize the spread of the virus in our county. And we'll now take questions.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please raise your hand using the hand icon or send the host a chat with your name and outlet to be placed in queue. As a courtesy to other reporters and to allow for ample time for questions, we ask that you please limit yourselves to one to two questions per reporter. One moment, please, for our first question. Our first question will come from the line of Jeff Nguyen Jeff, your line is unmuted. Please
0: go ahead. Thank you, folks, uh, for uh, allowing me to ask my question. Um, As you know, on Saturday, there was a demonstration um, at Dodger Stadium. How will demonstrations be handled in the future? Uh, One of the demonstrators uh, said that he doubted uh, the effectiveness of the vaccines uh, and that hydroxychloroquine is uh, a better treatment. So I was hoping you can uh, deal with uh, those two issues.
2: Yeah, you know, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate both questions. Um, you know, all of uh, all of the county sites obviously are well prepared to make sure that every single person that comes to that site to get vaccinated uh, has easy access and safe access uh, to getting vaccinations. And, um, you know, I, I would urge folks who, you know, want to make their point of view uh, heard. Uh, that they respect the right for people to seek uh, their medical treatment, because we're going to be protecting that right at, at all of our sites. Um, you know, it, it's it's fine uh, for people to express their views peacefully, but it is not okay to impede the ability of people uh, to get any kind of medical services. So, you know, I I, I want to just reassure the public that's coming to our vaccination sites it will be safe. Uh, you all know we have always had security there, and we will make sure that you have. Uh, access uh, that's uninterrupted um, to getting uh, vaccinated. And I'm going to ask everybody to respect uh, that right that people have to get uh, the health service that they want. You know, there's plenty of space uh, uh, in this world uh, for people to have different uh, views and and, uh, and folks who uh, don't uh, feel that this vaccine would be helpful are not being forced uh, to get vaccinated but I ask that they respect the right of those people who want to get vaccinated to have a, a good experience uh, while they're trying to get vaccinated. Um, and again, I, I think uh, we should always look towards the science. There have been lots of studies about various treatments. Um, some treatments have beter- have been determined uh, to be effective and some have not. Uh, the same thing, this vaccine has been ex- these vaccines, both of them, Pfizer and Moderna, have been extensively studied. Uh, Thousands and thousands of people have been enrolled in clinical trials. Uh, They have established that these are safe and effective vaccines. I know uh, from talking to so many people who are getting vaccinated, there is a sense of relief uh, that comes with having an extra layer of protection. Um, So we're going to go ahead always uh, in our county, look at the science, have enormous respect for the scientists and the researchers and make sure that everyone has that information available so that they can read up for themselves uh, about the studies that have been done with uh, both the Moderna and Pfizer vaccine, uh, talk to people that they trust, and then make an informed decision about what's best for them. Uh, Thank you. We'll take the next question.
4: Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Claudia Pesciuta. Claudia, your line is open. Please go ahead.
5: Hi, thank you. I uh, just want to open with a request for uh, Wednesday's briefing for an update on healthcare workers and deaths and also on contact tracing efforts. My questions are, um, if demand for testing is dropped in the community testing sites at the community testing sites and we have more capacity, why not do surveillance testing at work sites, um, given that outbreaks at work sites have been such a concern? And my second question is, with the CDC predicting that the UK variant will be dominant in a matter of weeks and the threat of other new strains, is the county preparing for the possibility of another surge this spring? Where do you want to see the numbers drop to before that might happen?
2: Thank you. I don't know, Dr. Galley, did you want to respond to testing issues?
3: I can speak on the community testing. We do have adequate capacity, and certainly, if if uh, we'll defer to the Department of Public Health as far as worksite uh, surveillance testing programs, but there is uh, there is adequate capacity across the community sites in combination with the home test kit availability, and in general. Uh, Even apart from the capacity that's uh, available through the sites, oftentimes the thing that's most difficult about community testing sites is the staffing that's required for those sites. The problem really at this point is not supply chain any longer. So even irrespective of um, what uh, the capacity is or the demand is at the community testing sites, certainly if um, work site employers or public health wanted to pursue surveillance testing and there was value in doing so, there's the supply chain to support it.
2: Yeah, and I want to thank Dr. Galley. Her team has been great. There have been uh, outbreaks at a variety of workplaces, and her team has, in fact, come uh, and done surveillance testing uh, when we have an outbreak at a work site. Um, You know, other types of surveillance testing, you know, I think we still have to be really careful about uh, what kind of information we're trying to get out of surveillance testing. Uh, It's really helpful when we know that there's been a known exposure. Uh, Unless it's done uh, fairly often, and by that I mean, you know, regularly during the week, Um, it really has uh, not the same level of value uh, for protecting folks at the worksite as um, do our standard requirements around uh, safety protocols for wearing face coverings, distancing, uh, and, in fact, um, infection control. Uh, It's, you know, uh, testing is, is good. It identifies people who are positive. Uh, but many people who are negative can go on to become positive, And uh, it really, uh, it, it only helps in combination with all of the other requirements at the site. So, you know, we we have had a great partnership with the Department of Health Services uh, when we've needed them to come out to sites to help make sure, particularly at large sites where we've had large outbreaks, they've been wonderful about setting up a mobile testing facility for uh, all of the workers there. And I think we'll continue to Really rely on them heavily uh, for the outbreaks because, as as you noted, you know we have hundreds and hundreds of outbreaks at workplaces, and in those situations, it's really important that we are able to get all of the workers tested quickly. Um, so thanks for that. Um, in terms of uh, the, I, I think uh, was there another? I think that was it for the questions. And yes, we'll uh, be sure to give you information about healthcare worker deaths. I think we're we plan on actually covering that on Wednesday. Just healthcare workers. Uh, you know, experiences with COVID 19. So uh, we'll go ahead and do that. But we can go on to the next question. Oh, honey, it's, it's me again.
5: Okay. The second question was about um, do you expect, with the threat of the new variants, that there will be another surge this spring as the county preparing for that? Where would you like to see the numbers get before that might happen? Thank you
2: yeah we're we're hoping we don't have another surge, so what we're preparing for is to help all of us work together to prevent there from being another surge. We're obviously always ready should we start seeing our cases go up to take additional actions but the big the big push right now is to not have another surge uh, to have us be able to go slow with the reopenings um to have us all be mindful that if there are variants that are circulating. And again, uh, we have not seen either the UK variant or the South African variant uh, dominating uh, in what is circulating uh, here in LA County to date. But obviously, uh, the name of the game for all of us is to keep tr- community transmission levels down as low as possible. Um, and for that, we all have to play by the rules that we have and take all of the precautions we are taking. I do want to note that, uh, you know, we we probably by, by this week have a million people who we're vaccinated with their first dose, and we're making good progress on giving people their second dose. Uh, that will be, you know, that's 10% of uh, people who live here in LA County. Uh, we've also, and, and really um, only 8 million people at this point, slightly less than 8 million people are eligible for, for the two vaccines that we have at the moment. Children are not eligible under 16. Uh, and we've had a lot of people who have uh, unfortunately uh, been infected. Um, you know the estimates are as high as 30 percent of people in LA County have, at one point or another during this pandemic, been infected. You know that translates to a lot of people uh, here who are not as susceptible uh, as uh, as the virus continues to circulate. Um, but it doesn't. But if we don't, if we let our guard down, uh, we'll continue to have, as you noted, uh, an increase in cases. So this works if we all do what we've been doing the last few weeks. Uh, This this rate just didn't come down by itself. It came down because people did a lot of work to bring it down. Uh, So we're asking that everybody really stay focused on that. That's that's what we're trying to do right now. Keep the numbers as low as possible while we wait to get more vaccine and really accelerate the pace of vaccinations, which will be this additional tool uh, that provides an additional layer of protection. Uh, With that, we'll go on to the next question.
4: Thank you. you. Our next question comes from the line of Joel Grover. Joel, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead.
6: Hi, Dr. Ferrer. Um, I find myself asking questions again about the second dose vaccines because we continue at Channel 4 to get so many emails from confused viewers. So two questions. Um, Moderna and Pfizer have one recommendation about when to get the second dose. The CDC has another. One viewer asked me just a few minutes ago, will you please ask Dr. Ferrer exactly what her recommendation is for when you could get that second shot. And they also wondered if they can get that second shot a few days before the manufacturer's recommendation of 21 or 28 days. The second question, there are some people who are due very soon for that second shot at community clinics, they cannot get appointments. They're on the phone line for hours on the website all day long. What are these people supposed to do? Again, we're talking about the community clinics.
2: Sure. Um, thanks. Let me, let me start with the first question. I don't actually know that there's a disagreement uh, between CDC uh, and our guidance and the FDA. I want to go back that this is an emergency use authorization that allows us to administer uh, both the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine. You're right to note uh, that for one vaccine, uh, the Pfizer vaccine, uh, you're asked to come in for your second dose around the 21st date. A day after your first dose, and for the Moderna vaccine, it's 21 day, 28 days after you've gotten your first dose. What CDC has said is that um, it's okay if you're a few days late. Uh, what FDA has said also is it's okay if you're a couple of days early. Um, so there is this window, uh, and that we all can operate in that window, and I think it's important for people to realize, like, oh my gosh, if I don't get in on my 21st date was, you know, my 21st day after I got my first vaccine, Do I have to start over? Absolutely not. CDC has said you can even wait until uh, six weeks out uh, from when you got your uh, first dose of the Moderna vaccine to get your second dose. Uh, And has really suggested even with Pfizer that there is a time period that you can still wait. Uh, But we are recommending and trying to get everybody in for their second doses as close to either the 21st date if you got vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine or the 28th date if you got vaccinated with the Moderna vaccine. I'm really sorry to hear that some people are still struggling uh, at the community sites um, to get that second appointment. We have talked to everybody that uh, receives vaccine through the county, uh, and we have uh, insisted that they make sure that the people who got first doses uh, at their sites are informed about how they're gonna get their second doses, uh, because we give all those sites enough vaccine to do those second doses. Uh, So I'm a little stressed uh, to hear you report that so many people are still saying at the non-county sites, uh, the smaller community sites, you're having trouble. Uh, If it's a pharmacy, we have confirmed with all the pharmacies that they are in fact uh, going to go ahead and schedule those second appointments. The same thing with all the federally qualified health centers and all of our hospital clinics run clinics. Um, So I hope people will go back Uh, To that site, uh, you know, you know, use the phone. Obviously, Uh, try to call them. I will again send out another message today to that vast network that we we showed you. You know, we have about 300 providers uh, to make sure they understand that it is just too hard on on people for them not to hear from the vaccinator uh, wherever they got that vaccination, uh, that first vaccination. How they're getting their second dose. Uh, There's no reason for people to be anxious about it because we are uh, guaranteeing that when we get supply it first goes to those second doses. So the stories you hear that a site didn't get their second doses highly unlikely. I mean only if we don't get any doses uh, because all of the doses we're getting, the first thing we do is we do an we get a survey from every single site that vaccinated how many second doses do they need uh, and then we make sure that we allocate those second doses to them so, We'll start working on it on our end, and I'm so, so sorry, because I know it's stressful. Um, But you do have a few days, so if if you're just worried like, oh my gosh, my day is today, I haven't heard, uh, nothing will happen uh, if you don't get vaccinated over the next few days for your second dose. You'll be fine, and that second dose will be just as effective uh, if you get it a few days later. But thanks for that question. Uh, We'll go on to the next question.
4: Thank you. As a reminder and as a courtesy to other reporters and to allow for ample time for questions, we ask that you please limit yourself to one to two questions per reporter. Our next question comes from the line of Ron Lin. Ron, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead.
7: Hi, Supervisor and Dr. Ferrer and Galley. Thanks again for speaking with us. Um, Questions today for Dr. Ferrer on restaurant guests, dining with people outside their household and the timing of teacher vaccinations. And a question for Supervisor Solis on her reaction to the Dodger Stadium protests. First, Dr. Ferrer, uh, you know, our, one of our reporters interviewed some restaurant guests in downtown LA with people uh, where restaurant guests were dining with people not in their household. They were unaware of the new order limiting outdoor restaurant dining with people in their household. I think I recall you or someone else saying that the rule wasn't really enforceable last year. Are you concerned that people aren't even aware of this new rule? And do you think if this rule is consistently violated, We'll be on our way to a new surge. Second, is there an updated timetable for when teachers will be able to get vaccinated? And finally, for Supervisor Solis, can you offer your, your own reaction to the protests at Dodger Stadium that interrupted vaccination efforts? And if anything is being done to prevent that from happening in the future? Thanks so much.
1: You want me to take that first, Barbara? Sure. That would Thank be great. You, uh, question. Um, I did issue a statement. I was very uh, upset and disheartened because I know that people are waiting many, many hours in line just to get the vaccine. And it's hard enough just to get uh, in the queue. And then if there's a disruption that takes place that stalls the process, obviously it's of great concern to many of us because you have people coming from all over the county to locations like the Dodger Stadium. And that just happens to be in my district, by the way. So I am very concerned. I did bring it to the attention of our our CEO and our in our uh, central command folks that are in charge of of helping us uh, set up these uh, centers, and they are going to be setting aside, I believe, space so that there could be protesters or folks that want to voice their opinion to the side where they won't disrupt the traffic and congestion. But I too ve- feel very strongly that they should respect the rights of people who do want to get vaccinated, and I understand people have First Amendment rights as well but when you be when you become uh disruptive and uh actually create more problems through congestion traffic jams or hostility in a manner that uh is is not conducive then i then i would would want to uh have uh our public safety officials involved and to be there to protect all all that are involved and to make sure that the patients and folks that are coming through have the best and adequate safety and protection. That's what we wanna guarantee, that they have a a smooth ride coming in, getting their vaccine and then leaving us. It's stressful enough as it is. So that's where I'm coming from. Thank you very much for your question.
2: Thanks, Ron. Uh, I have your first question. I'll need you to tell me the second question again, but um, uh, you're right, uh, it is gonna be uh, difficult. uh, I think at restaurants, uh, people are not themselves Uh, being honest and coming there and following the rules. I mean, all of this is about everybody following the rules. That's how we keep our restaurants open, to be honest. Uh, It is not uh, safe for people to be eating and drinking and hanging out for long periods of time with people not in their household when they're not six feet apart from each other. Uh, When you're sitting at the same table with people, it really needs to be uh, that you're sitting with people in your household for there to be as much safety as possible because you're going to be taking off Uh, that uh, face covering uh, to eat and drink. Uh, Restaurants are required uh, with our new protocols to in fact inform uh, their patrons about the rules. I mean, there's also, uh, now there's also uh, strong recommendations about making sure that people put their face coverings on when wait people approach the table. I mean, we're doing everything we can to try to make sure that uh, there's as much safety as possible for the people who work at the restaurants. and so a lot of what we're asking is uh, restaurants to help us make sure that uh, all of the recommendations that are in our health officer order are, in fact, communicated well. But one of those requirements is that people seat themselves at the same table with members of the house of a household. There's no problem with people uh, from another household sitting at a table that's eight feet away and you know, enjoying their food there as well. But uh, people should not be mixing at the tables. And I didn't get your, your next question, Ron. It
7: was just It was just if there was an updated timetable for when teachers will be able to get vaccinated. Oh, sure.
2: Yeah, we're working closely, obviously, with the state. Uh, teachers are in what we call Phase 1B Tier 1. Uh, that's the same um, group that people 65 and older are in, and that's the same group that food and agriculture workers are in, daycare workers, uh, as well as uh, public safety first responders. So it's a very big group. I will say here in L.A. County, uh, Tier 1 and uh, Phase 1B for us is about 2.7 million people. Uh, you know, you just, you just saw that we've received to date only a million doses. Um, so we have to get a lot more doses in so that we can move quickly through um, vaccinating all of our essential workers that are going to be eligible to be vaccinated uh, in this phase of uh, Tier 1 for Phase 1B. So thanks, and we'll take the next question.
4: Thank you, Dr. Ferrer. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today for questions. We will transition now to remarks in Spanish with Chair Hilda L. Solis. Please go ahead.
1: Yes, Uh, buenas tardes. Soy la Supervisora Hilda Solis, la Presidenta del Condado de Los Angeles. La semana pasada entramos la siguiente fase de recuperación. Y sé que Jacqueline Valenzuela va a hablar de esto en detalle. Los casos, los casos han bajado mucho en la última semana, con menos personas en los hospitales. Esto es gracias al esfuerzo de todos. Con nuestro nuevo orden de salud, ahora podemos volver a algunas actividades, pero debemos practicar medidas de seguridad. Por ejemplo, solo vaya a los restaurantes con personas de su mismo hogar. Use una máscara cuando un servidor venga a su mesa y no se junta para celebrar fiestas del Super Bowl este domingo, por favor. También hay situaciones donde es mejor usar dos máscaras. Doble, les quiero decir. Deberíamos tomar alto precaución para terminar con este virus. Solo poniendo atención a los órdenes de salud nos va a ayudar. Quiero pedir que les <coughs> quiero pedirles que no paren de buscar su atención médica. No evita ir al hospital o ver a su doctor si necesita atención médica. Los trabajadores de salud están preparados para ayudar a todos. Por último, quiero decir que Dr. Farrar va a dar más información sobre el progreso de la distribución de la vacuna o su asistente Jacqueline que está con nosotros también. Pero quiero felicitar al equipo del condado junto con todos los voluntarios para ayudar con el lanzamiento de la vacuna. Aunque los dosis son limitadas, hemos vacunado a muchas personas que son elegibles. Hemos destruido las primeras dosis de la vacuna para los 340 instalaciones de enfermería especialidad en el condado de los ángeles. 75% de personas elegibles que viven y trabajan en las instalaciones de enfermería especialidad han sido vacunados con la primera dosis. Ahora estamos distribuyendo segundas dosis a estos lugares y esperamos hacerlo en los próximos dos o tres semanas. Esas son cifras notables y quiero felicitar a nuestro personal por enfocarse en los centros de enfermería especializado desde la pandemia. Para terminar, le quiero dar las gracias a todos los residentes del condado por su compromiso y poner fin a esta pandemia. Gracias y ahora me gustaría presentarles a la representante del
8: Departamento de Salud, Publica Jacqueline Valenzuela. Muchas gracias Presidenta Solís. Agradecemos su liderazgo y, an- y todos sus esfuerzos y los esfuerzos de toda la Junta de Supervisoras mientras continuamos trabajando juntos como condado para proteger las vidas de todos los que viven y trabajan aquí. También le agradecemos sus acciones para ayudar a aumentar la cantidad de vacunas de COVID-19 en el condado de Los Angeles. Tener más vacunas nos ayudará a poner fin a esta pandemia. Ahora ofreceremos algunas actualizaciones. Estamos en un momento cri- crítico de esta pandemia. La orden actualizada del funcionario de salud emitida el viernes es un plan detallado que todos deben seguir para garantizar que sigan trabaja- perdón, bajando el número de casos, hospitalizaciones y muertes. Permanecemos en el nivel estatal más restrictivo, el nivel morado porque la cantidad de casos diarios nuevos sigue siendo muy alta y la transmisión de COVID-19 está generalizada en en todo nuestro condado. Se han eliminado algunas restricciones, pero ahora no es el momento de relajarnos. Ahora es el momento de permanecer vigilantes contra este virus mortal y continuar en casa tanto como sea posible. Solo a través de las acciones de cada negocio y cada individuo en el condado de Los Ángeles podemos seguir viendo una reducción en la transmisión. Para avanzar en nuestra recuperación, todos deben respetar las reglas vigentes para mantenernos a todos lo más seguros posible. En los restaurantes ahora se permite comer al aire libre, pero solo si los restaurantes siguen los protocolos de seguridad. Eso significa una capacidad reducida para comer al aire libre, mesas con no más de seis asientos y con una distancia de al menos de ocho pies. Los anfitriones, meseros y cualquier otro empleado que pueda tener contacto con los clientes deben usar una máscara y un protector facial. Solo los miembros del mismo hogar pueden sentarse juntos en una mesa y no se pueden usar televisores u otras pantallas utilizadas para transmitir contenido las carpas no están permitidas y cualquier otra eh, estructura que se use debe tener como mínimo dos lados no contiguos completamente abiertos. Estas restricciones están vigentes porque los casos diarios siguen siendo muy altos y el riesgo de infección sigue siendo muy alto para cualquiera que se quite la máscara para comer o beber. La orden actualizada del funcionario de salud también detalla las restricciones para otras empresas. El comercio minorista no esencial debe seguir limitando la capacidad al 25%. Los salones de belleza también pueden operar a no más del 25% de su capacidad interior. Los gimnasios y museos al aire libre deben restringir la capacidad al aire libre a no más del 50%. Las tiendas de comestibles deben limitar la capacidad al 50%. La orden del funcionario de salud actualizada brinda a las empresas información detallada sobre cómo cumplir con los requisitos que les permiten operar de la manera más segura posible. Next slide, please. También queremos alentar a todos los residentes y cualquier persona que visite un restaurante o una tienda minorista o trabaje en un sitio dentro del condado a que hagan su parte debido a que el virus uh, COVID-19 sigue estando muy extendido en el condado de Los Ángeles y miles de personas continúan infectadas todos los días, le pedimos que se quede en casa tanto como sea posible. Si pueda, perdón, si puede pedirle a alguien que le entregue sus alimentos, hágalo. Si pueda teletrabajar, hágalo. Si trabaja para una empresa, perdón, empresa esencial y debe ir a trabajar, Eh, queremos que todos los empleadores y gerentes se aseguren de que sus empleados estén completamente protegidos. Tenemos una línea de información para informar cualquier infracción de los requisitos de seguridad descritos en la orden del funcionario de salud. Ese número es 888-700-999-5 999 O puede presentar una queja en línea en nuestro sitio web viendo a public health la LACounty.gov y haciendo uh, clic en la sección COVID-19. Todas las quejas que se pueden uh, realizar de forma anónima. Es importante ser un consumidor informado y solo frecuentar negocios que siguen las reglas. Muchos de ustedes han seguido, perdón, han sido muy diligentes y aplaudimos sus acciones, su compromiso y su paciencia. Ha estado haciendo lo correcto al quedarse en casa tanto como sea posible, al usar una cubierta facial si debe salir de su hogar, al mantenerse al menos a seis pies de distancia de los demás y a lavarse las manos muchas veces durante el día. Sus acciones son muy útiles y necesitamos que todas, todos hagan lo mismo. Sus acciones protegerán a su vecino, su familia, sus compañeros de trabajo y ellos lo protegerán a usted. Una vez más, sea un consumidor informado y deje que sus acciones hablen fuertemente. Si un restaurante, tienda minorista o tienda de comestibles no parece seguir las reglas, no vaya ahí y avísenos. Tenemos a nuestros inspectores en el campo y agradecemos enormemente cuando alguien nos alerta sobre una posible infracción no quiere comer en un restaurante que no sigue todas estas reglas porque aumenta su riesgo y el riesgo de los trabajadores que contraigan COVID-19. El Departamento de Salud Pública deberá tomar medidas y emitir citaciones por infracciones. Desafortunadamente, no adherirse a, a esta orden nueva probablemente terminará causando otro aumento en casos que realmente no podemos tolerar. Eh, cualquier aumento adicional en los casos causará que demos un paso atrás en nuestro viaje de recuperación y eso es algo que ninguno de nosotros quiere. Seguimos viviendo la pesadilla del aumento repentino y la semana pasada en promedio 217 personas murieron cada día por COVID-19 y dos días de la semana pasada informamos que más de 300 personas murieron cada día. Este es el costo real de no la, seguir las reglas de salud pública. Y sabemos que el aumento fue impulsado en parte por reuniones con personas que no son de su hogar. Es por eso que pedimos durante este tiempo de tasas altas y continuas de transmisión comunitaria y la aparición de variantes más infecciosas, por favor, quédese en casa el domingo del Super Bowl. Este año nadie debería crear el riesgo adicional que conlleva ser anfitrión o asistir a una fiesta con personas fuera de su hogar inmediato. Este domingo manténgase seguro y disfrute del juego en casa con los miembros de su hogar. Por el momento vamos en una dirección positiva para reducir nuestros casos. Lo último que necesitamos en, en este momento son eventos desastrosos que nos retrasan y potencialmente podrían conducir a más casos, enfermedades graves y muertes trágicas. Una fiesta puede infectar a demasiadas personas que luego transmitirán el virus a otras y en unos solos días, unos dos o tres semanas, podemos ver que los casos vuelven a par- aparecer. Si los casos vuelven a aparecer, no tendremos más remedio que modificar nuestra orden del funcionario de salud nuevamente para proteger a los residentes. Si todos hacemos lo correcto, podemos evitar aumentar el número de casos. Sigamos recordándonos lo importante que es seguir las reglas para protegernos a nosotros mismos, a nuestros amigos y a nuestros trabajadores esenciales. Juntos, del condado de Los Ángeles podemos seguir reduciendo los casos, hospitalizaciones y muertes. Ahora, permítanos actualizarlo sobre el estado actual en nuestro condado. Next slide, please. Nos da tristeza informar hoy que 85 personas más han fallecido, lo que trágicamente eleva el número total de muertes a 16,854 en el condado de Los Ángeles. Hoy estamos reportando cuatro mil doscientos casos nuevos, lo que eleva el número total de casos en el condado de Los Ángeles a un millón ciento mil ochocientos noventa mil trescientos personas están actualmente hospitalizadas con COVID-19 y el 27% de las personas que están hospitalizadas están en unidades de cuidados intensivos. 24% estaban en ventiladores el total de casos confirmados en entornos institucionales es de 88 mil 353 incluidos tanto el personal como los residentes 36 mil 473 de estos casos confirmados son en residentes y más de 51 mil son entre el personal hasta la fecha más de 5.5 millones de personas se han sometido a pruebas de covid 19 y se han informado los resultados al condado de Los Ángeles. La tasa de positividad acumulada es del 19%. Next slide please. Como puede ver, eh, seguimos avanzando en reducir el número promedio de casos nuevos de COVID-19, aunque nuestras cifras diarias siguen siendo muy altas. El promedio de siete días de casos diarios alcanzó su punto máximo el 8 de enero con más de 15.000 casos. Al 27 de enero, ese promedio se redujo a 5,093 casos diarios. Eso es una disminución del 67% desde el pico de hace unas tres semanas. Estamos contentos de volver a frenar el aumento y todavía nos queda un largo camino por recorrer. El septiembre pasado, hubo menos de mil nuevas infecciones positivas al día, que es un número que le da al condado una mejor oportunidad de limitar los brotes y mantener baja la transmisión general. Eh, next slide, please. En cuanto a la cantidad de personas con COVID-19 que están tan enfermas que requieren hospitalización, Alcanzamos un pico de un promedio de 8,046 hospitalizaciones diarias el 7 de enero. Al 29 de enero hubo un promedio de 5,617 hospitalizaciones diarias, una disminución del 30%. Nos dirigimos en la dirección correcta. Sin embargo, estos números siguen siendo muy altos y continúan ejerciendo presión sobre el sistema de salud. A principios de noviembre, había unas 800 personas hospitalizadas con COVID-19, por lo que tenemos un largo camino por recorrer antes de que nuestros hospitales puedan volver a sus operaciones normales. Con 5,000 casos diarios y sabiendo que entre el 10 y el 12 por ciento de todos los casos positivos de COVID-19 resultarán en hospitalizaciones, aún podríamos ver hasta 600 personas al día que requieren hospitalización. Next slide, please. Este gráfico también muestra una tendencia alentadora y es un reflejo del esfuerzo realizado por nuestros eh, trabajadores de atención médica de primera línea para salvar vidas y la disminución constante de casos y hospitalizaciones. El número promedio de muertes diarias por COVID-19 alcanzó su punto máximo a principios de enero y ha disminuido en un 33% desde entonces. Sin embargo, esto es solo una pequeña disminución en comparación con el aumento del 1,400% en las muertes cuando el aumento superó al Condado de Los Ángeles en noviembre y diciembre. A principios de noviembre, el número promedio de personas que morían por COVID-19 era de 13. Esta es una tragedia que podemos revertir para que no sigamos perdiendo a tantos miembros de nuestra comunidad. Cada acción que tomamos para protegernos a nosotros mismos y a los demás termina salvando vidas. Cada acción que pone a otros a nosotros en riesgo termina contribuyendo a más enfermedades y angustias. Next slide please. Este gráfico muestra las líneas de tendencia combinadas para casos, hospitalizaciones y muertes hasta el 24 de enero. Los casos, la línea verde, están disminuyendo a un ritmo muy prometedor, pero las hospitalizaciones y las muertes no están disminuyendo a un ritmo similar, simplemente porque las hospitalizaciones y las muertes se retrasan con respecto a una caída en casos. Esperamos que estas tendencias continúen. Eh, Debido a que el número de casos diarios sigue siendo alto, hemos mantenido muchas modificaciones de seguridad y protocolos de salud en la nueva orden del funcionario de salud. Next slide, please. Este gráfico muestra los casos por grupo de edad. El aumento de casos nuevos que comenzó a principios de noviembre fue impulsado por personas más jóvenes. Ahora estamos viendo algunos datos alentadores que sugieren que estos grupos de edad que tienen las mejores habilidades y herramientas frente a ellos para prevenir infecciones están siguiendo las recomendaciones de quedarse en casa, cubrirse la cara, evi- evitar reuniones y tomar otras medidas de seguridad. Desde que alcanzó un máximo de 4,937 casos por día en promedio el 8 de enero, Las nuevas infecciones entre las personas de 30 a 49 años, la línea blanca, han disminuido a 1,595 al 27 de enero. Eso es una disminución del 67%. Los otros eh, grupos con un alto número de casos positivos se encuentran entre las edades de 18 a 29 años, la línea anaranjada, y entre las edades de 50 y 65 años. Mientras que la caída de nuevos casos para las personas de 30 a 49 años, así como de 50 a 64 años, están a la par con la caída general en casos nuevos, la tasa de disminución no es tan prometedora como para las personas entre las edades de 18 y 29, que ha, ha experimentado una caída del 49% en los casos nuevos. Debemos señalar que estos tres grupos de edad son muy importantes para controlar los casos nuevos diarios porque representan aproximadamente el 60% de la población total del Condado de Los Ángeles. Las personas de 65 años o más representan el 40% de las hospitalizaciones. Las tasas de disminución entre los grupos de edad más jóvenes no han sido tan pronunciadas. Tenga en cuenta que los niños menores de 18 años representan el 1% de las hospitalizaciones y los adultos jóvenes de 18 a 29 años representan el 3% de hospitalizaciones. Para otros grupos de edad, la disminución de casos nuevos diarios ha sido de entre 54 y 66%. Next slide, please. Este gráfico muestra la tasa de hospitalizaciones por grupo de edad a lo largo del tiempo. Eh, nuestros residentes más um, uh, mayores representa, representados por la línea amarilla y la línea verde han tenido la tasa más alta de hospitalización durante toda la pandemia. Afortunadamente, estamos viendo disminuciones en las tasas de hospitalización en estos grupos de edad y grupos de edad más jóvenes. Sin embargo, estas tasas continúan siendo alarmantes, perdón, en comparación con las anteriores que hemos visto durante la pandemia. Next slide, please. Este gráfico muestra que la tasa de mortalidad entre nuestra población más vulnerable, las personas de la tercera edad, está cayendo muy rápidamente. El 21 de diciembre, el promedio del número diario de muertes entre personas de 80 años o más, la línea café, fue de 70. Al 24 de enero, el número promedio de muertes por día en este grupo de edad es de 7. Para las personas entre las personas de 65 y 79, la línea gris, las muertes diarias por COVID-19 alcanzaron un máximo de 71 el 21 de diciembre y nuevamente el 1 de enero, y desde entonces han caído a seis muertes por día en promedio. Para el siguiente grupo más vulnerable, las personas entre 50 y 64 años, la línea azul, uh, las muertes diarias se han reducido de un máximo de 44 a 4. En general, la disminución de las muertes entre estos tres grupos de edad es de aproximadamente el 90% de su punto máximo y ahora están en los niveles que vimos a fines del verano. Estas disminuciones pueden atribuirse a la prioridad que le hemos dado a nuestras poblaciones más vulnerables cuando las vacunas comenzaron a administrarse a mediados de diciembre. Cualquier muerte es trágica y ofrecemos nuestras condolencias a todos los que estén de luto por la pérdida de un ser querido. Next slide, please. Ahora nos gustaría pasar algunos datos nuevos que tenemos como resultado de una revisión del historial clínico de pacientes con COVID-19 que se completó reci- recientemente. Tomamos una muestra de gráficos de más de 500 personas que fueron hospitalizadas por causas de COVID-19 desde agosto hasta diciembre para comprender de mejor forma las condiciones delicadas de salud y los factores de riesgo de quienes se enfermaron gravemente. De la muestra, el 43% de las personas hospitalizadas tenían 65 años o más. El 86% tenía al menos una condición delicada de salud y aproximadamente dos tercios de las personas hospitalizadas tenían sobrepeso o obesidad. El 41% tenía diabetes tipo 2 y casi dos tercios padecían de enfermedades cardiovasculares. La mediana de la estadía en el hospital fue de seis días un poco menos de una semana. Estos números son un claro recordatorio del riesgo de enfermedades graves entre los adultos mayores y las personas con problemas delicados de salud si se infectan con COVID-19. Muchas personas en el condado de Los Ángeles caen a una o más de estas categorías y todos debemos hacer nuestro mejor esfuerzo para protegerlas a ellas y a todos nuestros amigos y vecinos de la comunidad contra el virus. Si usted, si usted es una persona mayor o tiene una persona con problemas delicados de salud viviendo con usted es muy importante que permanezca en caso en casa tanto como sea posible para evitar el riesgo de infectarse oa ¿no? los que están a, a los seres queridos que tiene a su alrededor next slide please. este gráfico proporciona información sobre la administración de vacunas en el condado de los ángeles El gráfico de arriba proporciona los últimos números basados en nuestra propia encuesta y recopilación de datos. Como recordatorio, la base de datos estatal generalmente está trazada en el reporte de algunos números. Al 25 de enero, las dosis recibidas en el Condado de Los Ángeles eran casi un, me- un millón y una semana después se habían administrado casi mil dosis. Eso significa que casi el 80% de todas las dosis que tenemos a la mano estaban en brazos de las personas que las necesitaban. Eh, Según la última información disponible públicamente, el condado de Los Ángeles ha administrado más dosis de vacuna hasta la fecha que cualquier otro condado o ciudad grande de los Estados Unidos. El segundo cuadro de este gráfico muestra las dosis que se enviaron al condado de Los Ángeles. Como puede ver en la tercera columna, nuestros envíos semanales han subido y bajado. La semana pasada recibimos sólo 146 mil dosis y un gran porcentaje de eso tuvo que reservarse para la segunda dosis. El ritmo de las vacunaciones sigue siendo muy lento debido a la escasez de suministros. En términos de citas para segundas dosis de la vacuna en nuestros sitios administrados por el condado, se han creado más de 85 mil espacios para citas desde este miércoles hasta el 19 de febrero. Estos espacios se basan en cuántas personas están en proceso en términos de recibir su primera dosis. Hasta ahora, alrededor del 78% de esas citas para segunda dosis se habían completado o confirmado. Los residentes que recibieron sus primeras dosis en uno de los centros operados por el condado ya han recibido un correo electrónico o recibirán uno eh, en breve para confirmar el lugar y la fecha de su segunda cita. Este correo electrónico les permitirá registrarse para confirmar la hora de la cita. También debemos recordar a todos que el Estado anunció la semana pasada que hará la transición a un sistema de distribución de vacunas más centralizado durante las próximas tres a seis semanas. Este sistema estatal estará a cargo de, uh, de un administrador externo, Blue Shield, de California. El estado planea una distribución directa a una red estatal de proveedores de vacunas. El Departamento de Salud Pública del Condado de Los Ángeles es uno de esos proveedores. Es importante destacar que estamos trabajando con el estado para asegurar que haya una distribución justa eh, de la vacuna en nuestro condado. Next slide, please. Hemos uh, realizado mejoras en nuestro sistema de registro para garantizar que todos reciban una segunda dosis. Las personas que fueron vacunadas en uno de nuestros cinco uh, centros de gran capacidad o en uno de nuestros sitios comunitarios más pequeños operados por el condado uh, están recibiendo correos electrónicos que les notifican la fecha y el lugar para su cita Mm -hmm. para la segunda dosis. Eh, Los centros de vacunación de la Ciudad de Los Ángeles también notifican a todas las personas que han recibido su primera dosis acerca de sus citas para la segunda dosis. Las farmacias y las clínicas de salud están haciendo lo mismo. Todos los centros de vacunación reciben suficientes eh, segundas dosis cada semana para programar citas para las personas que recibieron su primera dosis eh, en su centro. Pedimos disculpas por las dificultades que las personas están experimentando al tratar de asegurar citas. Eh, Continuamos agregando más operadores de llamadas en el centro de llamadas para ayudar a aquellos que no tienen acceso a computadoras o la capacidad de programar una cita en línea. El mayor desafío sigue siendo no tener suficientes vacunas para las personas elegibles para vacunarse. Tenemos la esperanza de que para marzo haya un aumento a la producción y el suministro en todo el condado. Muchisim, Muchísimas gracias will we'll go ahead and move on to remarks in
9: Armenia բիտեկական բաժին ենք։ Որբաթ օրը ཐողարկված առողջապահական սպայի հրամանագիրը բոլորի համար մանրամաս նախագիծ է, որը պետք է հետևեն ապահովելու համար, որ մենք տեսնում ենք դեպքերի թվի շարունակական աճում հոսպիտալացում եւ մահվան դեպքեր։ Մենք շարունակում առավել պետական մակարդակում ամեն օր նոր դեպքերի քանակը շարունակում է մնալ շատ բարձր եւ COVID-19-ի փոխանցումը տարածված է մեր շրջանի ամբողջ տարածքում Որոշ համանախագումներ վերացվել են, բայց այժմ հանգստանալու ժամանակը չէ։ Հիմա ժամանակն է այս մահացու վիրուսի դեմ եւ շարունակել հնարավորինս տանը մնալ։ Նայենտոսանջելոյ շրջանի Երականչուր բիզնեսի եւ երականչուր անհատի գործողությունների միջոցով կարող ենք շարունակել տեսնել փոխանցման նվազում։ Մեր վերականգնման գործում առաջ շարժվելու համար բոլորը պետք է հետևեն այն կանոններին, որոնց բոլորից հնարավորինս անվտանգ պահելու։ Ռեստորաններում ծածության ընդՏրիքի այժմ ធղա թրվում է, բայց մայն, այն անվտանգության սա նշանակում է որ բացութիա ճաշասենյակը հյուրությունը կլինի 6 նստատեղից ոչ ավել եւ առնվազն ուտ ճոթնաչափ հեռավորության վրա գտնվող սեղաններ հյուրանգալողներ սпасարկող անձնակազմ եւ ցանկացած այլ աշխատակիցներ ովքեր կարող են շփվել եւ պետք է Պետք է անպայման գրանցեն դեմ, դեմքի դիմակ եւ դեմքի վահան։ Մյայն նույն ընտանիքի անդամները կարող են միասին նստել սեղանի շուրջ եւ հերոստատեսությունը կամ հեռացարկման համար օգտագործվող այլ էկրաններ չեն կարող օգտագործվել։ Այս համանախագահումները ցույցում են, քանի որ ամենօրյա դեպքերը մենում եւ ապրանքի վտանգը մենում է շատ բարցր, Մենք բոլորս դեռ ապրում ենք ալիքի մղձավանջի մեջ։ Ահա Միջին Հաշվով 217 մարտ ամեն օր մահանում է COVID-19-ից։ Իսկ անցյալ շաբաթ 2 օր մենք հաղորդեցինք, որ ամեն օր ավելի քան 300 մարդ է մահացել։ Սա հանրային առողջության կանոնների իրական Մենք փոխանցումը շառնակական բարձր տեմպերը եւ ավելի վարակիչ տարբերակները իհայտ գալու ընթացքում մնալ տանը հատկապես սուպերբոլի կիրակի։ Այս տարի ոչ ոք չպետք է ստացի լրացուցիչ ռիսկ, որը կապված է ձեր ամիջական տանից դուրս գտնվող մարդկանց հետ՝ հյուրընկալելու կամ երեկույթի մասնակցելու հետ. Այս կիրակի խաղը ձեր դանը, ձեր հետ։ Այս պահի դրությամ, մենք մեր գործերը վարելու ուղղությամբ դեպի դրական կողմն են գնում։ Վերջին բանը տարածվող իրադարձություններն են, որոնք մեզ հետ են մղում եւ հնարավոր է կարող են հանգեցնել ավելի շատ դեպքերի լուրջ հիվանդությունների եւ ողբերգական շատ մարդկանց, վիրուսը տեղափոխեն եւ Որ դեպքերը նորից կվերադառնան։ Եթե դեպքերը վերադառնան, մեզ ալբանջի մնում, քան բնակիշներին պաշպանելու համար կրկին փոփոխել մեր առողջապահության սպայի հրամանագիրը։ Եկե անընդհատ հիշեցնենք միմյանց, մի որ որքան կարևոր է պահպանել մեզ մեր ընկերներին։ Միասին, շրջանը կարող եւ Nerka իրավիճակի վերաբերան։ Այսօր Isur հայտնում ենք Numen 85 մահվան մասին։ Սա Sabirume է ընդհանուր մահերի թիվը 16854 Hazar, Uttar Hisun Այսօր մենք հայտնում ենք 4223 նոր դեպքերի մասին։ Chos լոս Yirku Haru Ksan Yerek Այս դեպքերը نرآروم են Long Beach کاغذ کم مرجوت کرد نری کوچمه گرانس باز کاراسون 8000 نفر کوچمه دبکر اسک پاسدینا کاغذ են گرانس باز 10000 یک նյուներն կաարում ո ոթարկսան երք իստիույնալ բնակչության հասաույուներու ինստթույնալ միջավայրում, ընդհանուր դեպքերի թիվը 88353-ն ութաար երքար հիցուն երեկնեը, եւ բնակիչները այս դեպքերից 36473 եա ոթանազուն երկը բնագիչներնեն, հիցուն ե Ավելի քան 5.5 միլիոն մարդ տեստավորվել են եւ արցունքները զեկուցվել են Լոս Անջելոս շրջան, որոնցից 19% դրական են։ Երբ խոսկ վերաբերվում է COVID-19-ի հիվանդ մարդկանց թվին, որոնց այնքան հիվանդ են, որ հոսպիտալացում են պահանջում, մենք հունվարի 7-ին հասանք գագաթնակետին՝ օրեկան Ունարի 25-ի դիտությամբ գրանցվել է 5617 Michigan Oregon Hospitalացում, որը նշանակում է 30%-ով աճում։ Մինչ ճիշտ ուղղությամբ ենք շարժվում, մենք դեռ ճանապարհներ ունենք անցնելու, մինչ մեր հիվանդանոցները զ, չեն եւ առողջապահական աշխատողները نامه ریز کسبین اوریکان این نامه ریز با کاسیوانت کار هسپتالات سواد کووید 19. این شت هیلر تالیس هیوان دانوسنرین آرا چرکل این استارای صنیری وقت دستکانن. بولوی اوکنوتیام خیس و ونکور کرفردارنام نهاد صنجری تفرین անկումն approbation։ COVID-19-ից ամենօրյա մահվան միջին թիվը հասել է հունվարի սկզբին եւ այդ ժամանակ այն իջել է 33%։ Այնուամենայնիվ, սա միայն փոքր անկում է։ Երբ համատում ենք մահվան 1400 հետ։ Երբ նոյեմբերին եւ ամիսներին Los Angeles շրջանը։ Դեռ նոյեմբերի COVID-19-ից մահացողների միջին թիվը Հավաքերկությունն է, որը մենք կարող ենք շրջել, այնպես որ մենք չենք չարանակելու կործնել մեր համայնքի այդքան շատ անդամների։ Յուրաքանչյուր գործողություն, որը մենք ձեռնարկում ենք ինքներս մեզ եւ ուրիշներին համար, ավարտվում է կյանքեր փրկելով։ վտանգի դնում ուրիշներին Պատվաստանյութերի վարչության նկարագրության լոս անջելո շրջանում հունվարի 25-ի դրությամբ լոս անջելո շրջանում ստացված ընդհանուր թիվը կազմել գրեթե 1 միլիոն։ մի Եվ այդ շփաթվա վերջին արդեն կառավարում են գրեթե 800.000 տեղեկության լոս անջելո շրջանը միջև օրս ավելի քան Անտոշա պատ մենք ստացանք ընդհանուր 146000 տեղաչափ եւ մեծ տոկոս վերապահվեց եկրոր տանկում ստացող տեղաչափերին։ Պատվաստումների տեմպը մնում է շատ դանդաղ համանաֆակ մատակարարման պատճառով։ Ըստ մեր պատվաստանյութերի երկրորդ նշանակումների ավելի քան 85000 Պատվաստանյութերի կառավարման համար միջև փետրվարի 19-ը մարտի կնամակեն ստացել կամ կար ժամանակ կստանան այդ երկրորդ հաստատված դեղաչափի նշանակման վայրի ու ամսատվի հաստատելու մասին։ Այս փոստով նրանց ցույց գրանցվել նշանակման ժամանակ հաստատելու համար։ Նաև պետք է բոլորին, որ նախորդ շաբաթ կառավարությունը հայտարարեց, Երեկից վետ շաբաթվա ընթացքում անցնում է Պակաստանյոթերի ապահճման ավելի կենտրոնացված համակարգ։ Այս նահանգային համակարգը կառավարելու է երկրորդ կողմի ադմինիստրատոր Կալիֆորնիայի Blue Shield-ը եւ նախատեսվում է ուղղիղ ապահճման Պակաստանյոթեր մատակարարողների ամբողջ ցանցին։ Los Angeles շրջանի հանրային առողջապահությանը այդ մատակարարներից մենք աշխատում ենք ապահովել, որ լոս անջելոս շրջանում պատվաստանյութերի արթարացի բաշխում կատարվի։ Պատվաստումների տեղամասերը գտնվելու վայրը ամբողջ վարչաշրջանում եւ այս շփաթվա նախատեսված նշանակում։ նոր պետական համակարգ կորցելը, մենք կշարունակենք համակարգել այս շատ ընթացակ և դեղատների Հիվանդանոցների, دانوت ندی ունեցող առողջապահական فراگرفت نر այլ առողջապահական կլինիկաների, ինչպես ی մեր մետ 6 մեծ տարողության این شخص نه مل կոմսության ود ընթանուր دروغتان تعماسری کار واروم لس آنجلس کم سریان کوچمه. انتانور آرماب اش կատարել մեր գրանցման پاد ապահովելու համար որ բոլորը տանան երկրորդ տեղաչափը Մարտիկ, ովքեր պատvastվել են, մեր 5 մեծ հզորությունների կայքերից մեկում կամ մեր փոքր շրջանի համանգային կայքերից մեկում, նամակներ են ստանում՝ տեղեկացնելով նրանց ամսաթիվը եւ Պատvastումները բոլ կայքերը ամեն շափած տանում են բավարար քանակությամբ երկրորդ ճափաբաժինները, որը նշանակեն այն անձանց համար, ովքեր իրենց առաջին ճափաբաժինն են ստացել իրենց կայքում։ Մենք ներողություն ենք այն դժվարությունների համար, որոնք են ժամադրություններ ապահովելու փորձերի համար։ Զանգերի նրանց ովքեր ունեն համակարգչական հասանելիություն։ Ամենամեծ մարտահրավերը մնում է բավարար պատվաստանյութեր ճանալը։ Լիա որ մինչ մարտ ամիսը շրջաներում կաջի արտադրություն եւ մատակարարում։ Շնորհակալություն։
10: 우리는 현재 팬데믹 가운데 매우 심각한 때에 있습니다. 금요일에 발표된 보건 담당자의 명령은 케이스 수와 병원 입원자 수 그리고 사망자 수를 계속 줄이기 위해서 우리가 따라야 할 자세한 청사진입니다. 우리 카운티에서는 여전히 코비드 시크가 확산되고 있고 새로운 케이스 수가 매우 높기 때문에 가장 제한적인 보라색 티어에 머물러 있습니다. 몇 가지 제안들은 풀렸지만 지금은 긴장을 풀 때가 아닙니다. 지금이야말로 매우 신중하게 행동하고 가능하다면 집에 머물러 있어야 할 때입니다. 각 사업체들과 개개인들의 행동으로만이 이 확산을 계속 줄일 수 있을 것입니다. 식당에서 야외 식사가 허용이 되었지만 식당들이 안전한 안전 프로토콜을 따를 때에만 가능할 것입니다. 야외 식사 최대 인원을 줄이고 식탁들 간에 8피트가 떨어져 있으며 6명 이상이 앉을 수 없습니다. 안내인과 웨이터, 청소부, 그리고 손님과 저쪽이 있는 모든 직원들이 마스크와 얼굴 보호막을 착용해야 합니다. 한 가족의 멤버들과만 함께 앉아서 먹을 수 있으며 TV나 스크린 등 영상을 브로드캐스팅 하는 장치는 사용할 수 없습니다. 이러한 제한점들은 일일 케이스 수가 아직 매우 높고 먹거나 마시기 위해서 마스크를 벗는 사람들은 누구나 감염될 위험이 매우 높기 때문입니다. 개선된 보건 담당자 명령을 다음, 다른 사업체들에 대한 제안들도 연결함, 어, 열거합니다. 비필수 삼정들은 최대 수용 인원을 25%로 제한해야 합니다. 미용실은 실내에서 수용 인원의 25%를 넘어서는 안 됩니다. 야외 운동 시설이나 박물관은 야외 수용 인원의 50%를 넘어서는 안 됩니다. 식료품점은 수용 인원의 50%를 해야 하며 개선된 보건 담당자 명령을 사업체들이 가능한 안전하게 운영하면서 어떻게 요구 사항들을 따를 수 있는지 자세한 점에, 알려주, 점에 대한 정보가 들어 있습니다. 모든 주민들과 식당이나 상점을 방문하는 분들은 그리고 카운터에서 카운티에서 일을 하는 모든 분들은 맡은 바 일을 해주시기 바랍니다 코비드19 바이러스가 여전히 LA 카운티에서 확산되고 있으며 수천 명이 매일 감염되고 있기 때문에 가능하면 집에 머물러 있으시길 바랍니다 식료품을 누군가 배달해 줄수 있다면 그렇게 하십시오 집에서 일할 수 있다면 그렇게 하십시오 필수 직종에서 일하기 때문에 직장에 가야만 한다면 모든 고용주들과 매니저들은 고용인들이 안전히 보호받을 수 있도록 확인하십시오. 보건 담당자 명령에 따를 안전 요구사항을 지키지 않는 사업체를 신고하실 수 있습니다. 번호는 888-700-9995번입니다. 다시 말씀드리면 888-700-9995번입니다. 혹은 온라인으로 웹사이트 publichealth.lacounty.gov에서 코비드19 제하에서 신고하실 수 있습니다 모든 신고는 익명으로 하실 수 있습니다 만약 식당이나 상점, 식료품점에서 수칙을 따르지 않는 것 같아 보인다면 그곳에 가지 말고 저희에게 알려 주십시오 우리는 현장에 검시관들이 있으며 누군가 잘못된 점을 신고해 주시면 감사하겠습니다 또한 텐트는 허가가 되지 않으며 쉘터 시설은 적어도 인접한 두 면이 완전히 개방되어야 있어야 합니다. 이러한 수칙을 따르지 않는 식당에서는 아마 먹고 싶지 않으실 것입니다. 왜냐하면 그렇게 하는 것은 자신에게도 위험하고 또한 직원들이 코비드19에 감염될 확률이 높기 때문입니다. 보건국은 수칙을 어긴 사업체들에 대해서 벌금을 부과하고 조처를 취할 것입니다. 새로운 보건 담당자 명령에 따르지 않으면 다시 케이스 수가 늘어나게 될 것이고, 그로 인해 우리는 회복 단계에서 다시 한번 뒤로 물러나게 될 것입니다. 지난주엔 평균 217명이 매일 코비드 식구로 사망하였으며, 지난주 중에 이틀 동안은 300명 이상이 사망하였습니다. 현재 커뮤니티의 확산율은 매우 높고, 더 전염성이 강한 바이러스들이 나오고 있기 때문에, 부디 슈퍼볼이 있는 이번 주 일요일에 집에 머무르시기 바랍니다. 올해에는 집에서나 한 가족이 아닌 사람들이 여는 파티에 참석해서 더큰 위험 요소를 만들지 마십시오. 이번 주 일요일에는 안전하게 즐기고 집안 사람들과만 집에서 게임을 시청하시기 바랍니다. 현재 케이스들이 줄어들고 있고 긍정적인 방향으로 향하고 있는 상황에서 다시 한번 심각한 질병과 사망률을 만드는 확산을 만드는 이런 이벤트를 맞이하고 싶지 않을 것입니다. 하나의 파티는 많은 사람들이 감염되게 할수 있고 이 바이러스는 단지 2, 3주 내에 다른 사람들에게 확산되어 케이스 수가 다시 증가할 수 있습니다. 케이스 수가 다시 증가하면 보건 담당자 명령을 다시 제한하며 주민들을 보호하는 방법밖에 없을 것입니다. 우리가 모두 옳은 일을 한다면 케이스 수의 증가를 막을 수 있을 것입니다. 그러면 이제 현재 업데이트를 말씀드리겠습니다. 오늘 85명의 새로운 사망자 수가 보고되었으며 이로써 LA 카운티에서의 총 사망자 수는 16854명입니다. 이 중에 36명은 80세 이상, 이 중에 30명이 기저질환이 있었습니다. 24명은 65에서 79세 사이 20명이 기저질환이 있었습니다. 21명은 50에서 64세 사이 13명이 기저질환이 있었습니다. 4명은 30에서 49세 사이로 2명이 기저질환이 있었습니다. 오늘로써 4223개의 새로운 케이스가 보고되었으며 이로써 LA 카운티에서의 총 케이스 수는 112만 8, 895 케이스입니다. 현재 코비드 COVID-19로 병원에 입원해 있으며 27%는 중환자실에 24%는 인공호흡기에 의존해 있습니다. 지금까지 550만 명이 테스트를 받았으며 누적 양성 확증률은 19%였습니다. 7일 평균 1일 케이스 수는 1월 8일에 15,000 케이스로 제일 높았으며 1월 27일에 평균이 5,093개로 줄어든으로써 이 수치는 3주 전에 비해 67% 감소한 수치였습니다. 평균 1일 병원 입원자 수는 1월 7일에 최고 8,046명이었는데 1월 29일에는 5,617명으로서 30% 감소하였습니다. 평균 1일 사망률 역시 1월 초에 가장 높았고 그 후로 33%가 감소하였습니다. 11월의 새로운 케이스 급증률은 주로 젊은 층의 사람들이었습니다. 현재 이 나이층의 그룹에서 더 많은 사람들이 집에 머물고 얼굴 가리개를 사용하고 모임을 피하고 안전수칙을 지키는 것을 데이터를 통해 확인할 수 있었습니다. 1월 8일에 30에서 49세 사이의 평균 1일 케이스 수가 4937개였는데 1월 27일에는 1595개로 67%가 줄어들었습니다. 또 다른 양성 케이스가 많은 그룹은 18에서 29세 사이 그리고 50에서 65세 사이인데 30에서 49세 사이와 50에서 64세 사이는 케이스가 많이 줄어든 것에 비해 이들은 54에서 66%가 줄어들었습니다. 18에서 29세 사이에서는 그렇지 못했습니다. 이 나이층에서는 49%가 줄어들었습니다. 이세 연령층은 LA 카운티 총 주민의 60%를 차지하고 있습니다. 병원 입원자 수의 40%는 65세 이상이었는데 18세 이하의 아동들은 전체 병원 입원자 수의 1% 미만이었고 18에서 29세는 3%였습니다. 8월에서 12월까지 COVID-19로 입원한 500명의 사람들의 기저질환과 심한 병에 걸리는 위험성에 대해서 비교를 해 보았는데 43%는 65세 이상, 86%는 하나 이상의 기저 질환이 있었습니다. 이 중에 66%는 과체중이거나 비만이었습니다. 41%는 당뇨 제2형이었고 거의 3분의 2가 심장 질환이 있었습니다. 평균 병원 입원 날 수는 6일이었고 일주일이 약간 안 되었습니다. LA 카운티의 많은 사람들이 위의 카다고리에 들어갑니다. 만약 여러분의 나이가 많거나 기저질환이 있다면 감염되는 위험을 줄이기 위해서 꼭 가능하면 집에 머물러 있으신 것이 중요합니다. 1월 25일까지 LA 카운티에서 받은 총 백신 주사는 약 100만 개였는데 그 주말까지 거의 80만 개가 접종이 되었습니다. 거의 80%의 백신 주사가 이미 접종된 것입니다. LA 카운티는 미국 내에 있는 어느 다른 카운티나 도시보다 더 많은 접종률이 있었음을 보았습니다. 지난주에는 14만 6천 개의 백신이 도착하였는데 이중 대부분은 2차 접종분으로 남겨두었습니다. 백신 접종 속도는 매우 느린데 왜냐하면 제한된 공급량 때문입니다. 두 번째 백신 접종 예약과 관련하여 2월 19일까지 8만 5천 명이 예약이 되었음을 알려드립니다. 카운티가 운영하는 장소에서 첫 번째 백신을 맞으신 주민분들은 두 번째 백신을 맞을 수 있도록 예약을 하도록 이메일을 받았거나 받으실 것입니다. 이 이메일은 약속 예약 시간을 정할 수 있도록 해줄 것입니다. 지난주에 주 정부에서는 다음 3에서 6주 동안 백신을 배급하는 시스템을 바꾸는 작업을 하고 있다고 발표하였는데 이 주정보 시스템은 블루실드 캘리포니아에서 관리하게 될 것입니다. 주정부는 주 전체에 걸친 백신 주사 제공자 네트워크를 사용하게 될 것이며 LA 카운티 보건국도 이중 하나가 될 것입니다. 우리는 주정부와 함께 일하며 LA 카운티 내에서 공정하게 백신 주사가 배급되도록 할 것입니다. 새로운 주정보 시스템이 확립될 때까지 우리는 계속해서 약국들과 병원들, 연방적으로 자격을 갖춘 의료 서비스 센터와 다른 클리닉들을 포함한 보건부계 6개의 큰 수용 인원 장소에서 백신 접종을 하게 될 것입니다. 이번 주에는 총 299개의 장소에서 백신을 접종할 것입니다. 우리는 온라인 등록 시스템을 개선하여서 모두가 두 번째 접종을 받을 수 있도록 하였습니다. 다섯 개의 큰 수용 인원 사이트나 그보다 작은 카운티 운영 커뮤니티 장소에서 첫 번째 접종을 받은 사람들은 모두 두 번째 접종 날짜와 장소를 알려주는 이메일을 받을 것입니다. LAC 웹사이트에서도 첫 번째 접종 받은 사람들이 두 번째 접종을 예약할 수 있도록 알려줄 것입니다. 약국들과 클리닉에서도 같은 방식으로 할 것입니다. 모든 백신 장소에서는 매주 그 장소에서 첫 번째 접종을 받은 사람들이 두 번째 접종을 할수 있도록 충분한 양의 백신 주사를 받을 것입니다. 백신 접종 예약을 하기 위해서 많은 분들이 어려움이 있는 것에 대해서 죄송하게 생각합니다. 온라인 예약을 할수 없거나 컴퓨터가 없는 분들을 위한 콜센터에서도 더 많은 인력을 충원할 것입니다. 가장 큰 문제는 백신을 받아야 할 사람들을 위한 충분한 백신이 아직 없다는 것인데, 3월까지 더 많은 생산량의 백신이 생산되어서 카운티 내에서 공급이 되기를 바라고 있습니다. 감사합니다. Now, remarks in
11: Mandarin. Thank you. 감사합니다. 我們也感謝你住院人受的下降趋势我紧急这一十分致命的病毒这些规定包括减少因为目前每日新增病例都仍然很高 25 percent的容量 25 10万容量也不得超过50% 生活用品零售店不得超过50% 所以我们建议你尽可能待在家里 可以把打18887009995 你也可以通过网上举报我们的网上举报网站是 publichealth.alcounty.gov 点击COVID-19部分 我们每个人都十分尽心我们的邻里、我们的家人及我们的同事此外不允许帐篷不幸的是我们极有可能会造成一种新机轮的大面积的传播上周平均每天有且上周连续两天有超过呆在家里尤其显得重要因为这类事件会造成更多的新病例而被感染者我们定可以减少新冠病例增加 85人 其中 80岁以上的长者 30人患有其他疾病 20人患有其他疾病 13人患有其他疾病 30到 4223人 这样落线总病例就达到了其中有 现在住院病例为5,398例 27而24 我们对其中餐饮食和零售地及教育中心大家知道我们的病情在变好 1月 15000例之多 到了 1月 5093例 67%的下降 新冠病例的下降 不到1000 1月 8046人 1月 相当于30%的下降 1月初下降了 33 percent 11月到 13 1月 即80%的疫苗已接种 顯示有85000人與已預約了第2次注射。That's for today. Thank you. This
0: episode of LA Public Health was produced by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Our department is nationally accredited by the Public Health Accreditation Board and is committed to protecting and improving the health of over 10 million residents in Los Angeles County. For more information about DPH programs and services, visit publichealth.lacounty.gov and follow us on social media at LA Health. My name is Steve Baldwin and you've been listening to the LA Public Health Podcast.